from the new recording lair located deep beneath the Wine and Spirit Store in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. This show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please, no wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. <laughs> A big... <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I love it. Those of you, if we're still recording this, those of you, we're, we just got a visual countdown from Pete with fingers on the Zoom screen, and he got to zero and, and froze. froze. <laughs> That's the internet for you. Boom. Dude, what are you on, dial-up? <laughs> Amish internet. He's been hanging out Amish with internet. <laughs> they haven't run those wires to the Gap Lighthouse yet. So, uh, Welcome, everybody. Welcome. We have a, a big cast of uh, characters on tonight. We have. Uh... Mm-hmm. No. Take two, take three, whatever. Come in on your phone, Pete. Yeah. The bottom of the invite's a phone number you can dial into audio. You can keep right. the. <laughs> So you keep driving, you record the show, and I'll call back in. But don't keep all this garbage. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're not, I've not hit, I've not stopped recording. So yeah, stuff like, like this people. never happens on our podcast. I don't it's know. Like April. We just, we just want you to see how the pros do it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Behind the wizard's curtain here. Yeah. And see, now you know the reason for the alcohol. <laughs> now we know why we need like eight eight practices for night's quarantine right um, yes <laughs> so we'll talk more since we're recording this we should tell the audience we're going to talk more about the night's quarantine uh later on in the episode but uh we have something very special coming up for you with our next episode um but uh, details to follow so uh, why don't we uh, go around the horn and uh, as our normal custom is, even though we're on lockdown, uh, what has everyone been doing Masonically uh, over the last uh, few weeks? Uh, why don't we start with Jack Harley? Um, well, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I've been, very busy. So I've been very busy composing this uh, degree that we're going to do. Very excited about it. We're, uh, uh, again, more later, but that's been taking up most of my uh, last two weeks, uh, Masonically speaking, anyway. But the, uh, what, what I have noticed, um, just because just I had to go out to the grocery store today, I had no idea how many times in the course of a day I put my hand to my face. Nose, eyes, eyebrows, wiping, just whatever. I, it's just, I, I, it's amazing. And you never think about it, right? But until right. now. It's, yeah, exactly. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Larry, you've been doing anything Masonically? Yes. Really? I, and Josh, I'm taking just some of Josh's thunder. Lamberton Lodge had a unofficial meeting last night on Zoom 
which I attended. Awesome. And it was it was really great to get together. Our deputy district uh, grandmaster was there. Josh ran out. I mean, it was so, it was nice. So yeah, okay. I you have to go through all the protocols and everything that you would do normally. No. The <laughs> long way. And we had we, we we had a profane person come in by the name of Dixie Smith. We don't know who the hell she was. Oh, okay. Uh oh. We uh, we threatened her and she got out of there real quick. Okay, so we're going to tie it, right? So, Josh, want to talk about uh, anything? Uh, tell us a little bit more about that, or anything else you've been doing masonically? Uh, not, not really. Um, I mean, other than set that meeting up and then get in touch with uh, the membership and reach out and see how everybody's doing. Uh, you know, haven't really been doing a whole lot. How many people did you have at your meeting last night? I think there was sixteen showed up wow that's impressive uh that's more than a regular meeting right yeah that's what i say that's more yeah than a meeting. Absolutely. absolutely uh pete are you with us uh yeah i'm back okay tell us what you've been doing masonically recently all i've been doing is uh every once in a while playing tall cedar scribe and mailing things and that's it really nothing i'm, I'm really happy to have the break yeah Okay, Seth Anthony, how about you? Oh, hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, I've actually managed to stay relatively busy as uh, with things being shut down. I uh, attended the fourth degree for the Scottish Rite for the Northern Masonic jurisdiction last week and enjoyed that. So kudos to them for uh, doing something new and unique and interesting. They're doing the 17th degree coming up. It does star George Heinzman. So, you know, there's that. Uh. Uh, but, <laughs> but we'll make it work. A little shout out for George there. Um, I've also got three HGA papers in my email box from Yasser to review. So I've got lots of reading ahead of me at some point, uh, to be done, uh, amongst other writings and things I've been doing. So it's a, a good break to catch up on writing things other than minutes. So I'm with Pete on that one. Great. And our guest, uh, Matt Apple, been anything Masonically in the last few weeks? Uh, sounds a lot like what, what everyone else has said. We had a um, Sunday night, we recorded our podcast, and then Monday, we had an education team meeting for the district, and yesterday was our Lodges Zoom meeting, and uh, we're doing the same thing. Um, like Josh was saying, we're trying to call, especially the guys who are over 60, uh, who are in the Lodge, and keep tabs on them, and so we've been, I've been doing a lot of that because I'm secretary of our Lodge, too, so it's, it uh, never ends. It's good that we've got a quorum of secretaries here tonight, I think. We do have a quorum of secretaries. I will never be secretary. I'm out. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Is well, that a murder uh, or a Congress? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so uh, I have been on. Jack, I want to thank you for the idea uh, that you brought forward about calling folks uh, with an effort to lodge. Um, I pitched that to our worshipful master. And we're a rather large lodge, as, as most of you know. We have, uh, I'm writing that, um, 700 members. And uh, we have 500 that are 60 or older. And so uh, this week, um, I believe just about everybody has completed their calls. Um, they broke them into groups of 25 and sent them out. And, um, um, you know, we've gotten some good information of people who were not well that we didn't know about. Mm -hmm. um, we got a ton of people who said, hey, I'm great, and I want to do something. So if anybody needs anything, let me know, which was awesome. Um, 
you know, so it was just really good to, to reach out to folks, some that we haven't seen in Lodge in 20 years, but they were like, wow, we were really impressed you called us. Thank you very much. Um, we have members that are in like 20 different states. So um, reaching out to them was particularly uh, special and they were really impressed with that. Uh, we're going to go through our younger members on the next pass through just so that everybody gets a phone call at some point. Mm -hmm. um, we're also calling our widows. The worshipful master himself is actually calling the widows uh, that we have contact information for. Um, That's great. Which uh, is, is really cool. So, uh, and then other than that, every night, as we said in our last podcast, every night at nine o'clock Eastern time, uh, we're hosting a, a toast to absent brethren uh, on zoom. It's open to anybody. Um, you can get the link. We'll make sure we've got the updated link on our uh, Facebook page uh, for the podcast, but, uh, or you can go to the Eureka West Shore Lodge 302 website and get that. Um, and, and we've had folks from six or seven different states coming to that. Uh, we're averaging about 20 people per night, and um, Jack's holding up a peace sign. Oh, uh, that's good. Seth was taking a picture. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So other than that, I'm just taking care of some secretarial things, calling some delinquents from Ubar Grotto who haven't paid their dues yet. Uh, yep, yep, I see that hand. They're uh, all delinquents at Ubar Grotto. Thank uh, you. <laughs> requirement. But, uh, so we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back and talk to Matt Apple, uh, who is the host of the Working Tools Podcast. Why choose George J. Grove & Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove & Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. For planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com. everybody welcome back we're uh, here at masonically podcast and uh, our special guest this evening is brother matthew apple who is the host of the working tools podcast welcome matthew oh thank you it's great to be here um so where are you based out of washington state yes yeah, so i'm just north of seattle yep and Linda. okay and isn't that canada <laughs> just about <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say a boot so it's not that close no nah, that's right we're closer to Vancouver than to Portland here, so. So, um, how is everybody faring out there with the coronavirus? Oh, um, the guys in our lodge seem to be doing all right. We've had a, I know of a couple, I think one Mason who's sick and one who's who's passed away from the coronavirus out here. But uh, it's a uh, everybody, like I said earlier, we've been calling the guys in our lodge, and we haven't had a haven't had anyone say that they've been feeling ill or anything. So we're we're keeping our fingers crossed on that front. 
as far as every you know outside of lodge goes they just announced i guess it was day before yesterday that they're going to close school for the rest of the year so my oh, wow I have one kid who's very excited about this and one kid who moped around the house going, there's no school. So, <laughs> so everybody, uh, Matt really stepped up to the plate. We, uh, our guests fell through and I put a, a, a distress, distress call out on Facebook and he must know what idiots we are. Cause he, uh, <laughs> he wrote back, he says, I'm available and I have a microphone. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Like, well, you're overqualified if you have a microphone. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, I've been listening to the podcast, you guys' podcast, for quite some time, and it's a, uh, it's enjoyable. I actually have a, um, a, a connection to Central Pennsylvania. My wife's from Harrisburg, and uh, oh, I, she's a, still a member of. It was Estralita chapter. I think it's now Harrisburg chapter uh, OES. Mm -hmm. And they just uh, merged all the Harrisburg chapters. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, and I. I visited um, West Shore Lodge. I think it was like 681 or something like that. Uh -huh. uh, it, which is no more. It's now part of my lodge. Uh, oh. We merged about seven years ago with uh, West Shore. Yeah, it's been some time. But yeah, it's, uh, so I have a bit of a Masonic connection there. I have a sister who, who teaches in the Lancaster, or sister-in-law, excuse me, who teaches in the Lancaster School District. And uh, she lives in Elizabethtown, so. Well, and you pronounce yeah. Lancaster right, so that you know that's a thing. That's uh, when I told my wife that that you that uh, you guys had said that maybe I could come on the podcast, I, she said you better pronounce it right. Uh, <laughs> I'm originally from New Jersey, so I would say Lancaster, but you know, I, then my uh, wife would hit me. So, so uh, Matthew, one of the ideas what we have been kicking around for a long time was a podcast about podcasts. So uh, since we have a captive audience, tell us a little bit about the working tools and how you got started. Because I think you're one of the podcasts that preceded ours. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Maybe? I, I, I don't think so. And uh, Actually, okay. I, I was not on it before this podcast existed. That's for sure. Okay. We, um, it was started by a couple of guys up in the Grand Lodge of British Columbia and the Yukon. And it sort of expanded over time to um, a couple of guys from here in Washington joined in. And so now we have three hosts, two of whom are in Washington and, and still one guy up in BC. And we, uh, yeah, we talk about things that are, you know, we talk more about stuff uh, internationally and around this area as opposed to like generic uh, Masonic stuff, just because it's, it's what we know. <laughs> so we stick with that. But um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun to do. I I listen to a lot of podcasts, and and when I found out this guy I know, David Colbeth, one of the co-hosts, was on it, I sort of horned my way on to to the podcast, and I just haven't left yet. So they they keep recording when I'm there. Well, that's how Jack and uh, Tim got on the air here. Yeah, <laughs> inertia is a powerful force. They say, well, come on in. It's fine. Coming out of the liquor store next door, and they said, hey, we need some. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so tell us a little bit more about the, the format of your podcast, or um, you know, how often do you guys uh, do your episodes? Just tell us a little bit more about the working tools in general. So we're, uh, we're cheap. So we use, we use Zoom for all our podcasts, but we have the free version. So our podcast episodes are only 30 minutes long because Zen Zoom boots us out. Uh, we, we release Sunday evening or yes, Monday, Monday morning, Sunday evening timeframe, Sunday evening, I guess it is Sunday evening, our time. It's probably Sunday afternoon for you guys. And then, uh, and it goes out and we, um, we record every other Sunday in the, or yeah, every other Sunday. And then 
we record two or three episodes at a time because they're relatively short. We like to do interviews with local uh, Masons. So we had the Grand Secretary of Washington on, the Grand Master of Washington on, um, a couple of luminaries from the Grand Lodge of BC and the Yukon that talked about their, their cancer car program and a few other things that are going on up there. So we, uh, we try to have a little bit more of a local flavor, kind of like you guys have a, a, a central Pennsylvania flavor to it. We, uh, we like to keep that going here too. Very cool. And uh, you guys have anything on tap that you're planning? Any, uh, any, any special shows or special guests that you'd want to promote? Um, well, our, our next uh, recording session actually is going to be tomorrow. We're going to the District 8 uh, here in, in Washington has a, a, a weekly education session via Zoom. And so we're going to head up there, or via Zoom, I'm not actually going anywhere, and, uh, and be a part of that. And then we're going to talk to the guy who organized it about using Zoom to, to get Masons to closer together and have different communication methods and that sort of stuff. So that, that one should come out, I guess, this coming Sunday. The, uh, so, so I guess this will open this up to everybody else, and I'll do my typical. I'm going to shut up for a little bit. Uh, Zoom seems to have been like the big game changer here during this whole COVID nineteen. So, uh, Matthew, since you're our guest, I'll let you start. Um, tell us a little bit more about how you guys are making use of the video conferencing. Yeah, we we were we're OG. We were using Zoom before the before the COVID. <laughs> we uh but we've been using it and it works great like i said we we always were trying to do half hour episodes and this way we, we the 40 minute time frame uh, definitely enforces that but it seems to work out pretty well for us uh generally speaking we haven't been zoom bombed by anybody <laughs> yet while we're trying to record or anything keep hoping <laughs> exactly <laughs> so yeah it's worked out well for us and uh we record it and you strip the audio and, and send the audio out too so I love it. This is so old school. You're being zoom bombed by the zoom bombed by the. I'm gonna hit you. That was a path master. (laughs) Well, that too probably. (laughs) Uh, So the um, the the joke is that my company started using Zoom for conferencing because of some of the distances we have to cover, and and uh, my boss. Uh, back in January, said, you know, this is a really useful technology. I think I'm going to invest in this company. Don't you know he bought Zoom in January? And it's already doubled since he bought it. So, yeah, hate the guy. Yes, I do. Yep. You sure he's not, sure he's not in Congress? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, anyway, don't get me started. Don't get me started now. But, you know, once we get, once we've gotten past the glitches of, um, you know, bad internet connections and uh, so on like that, we've, I mean, it's been pretty effective, especially uh, when we have guests that are outside of the area like yourself. And, um, you know, certainly now with us all uh, scattered and unable to uh, get too deep beneath the wine and spirit store, um you know, it's, uh, it's, it's enabled us to continue on and things like the nightly toast, for example, um, a lot of, uh, good fellowship going on. Uh, people are reaching out in ways like, uh, Jack put the bug in our ear about reaching out and contacting our members <clears throat> of making phone calls. Um, several so we call it, in, in our lodge, we're calling it 20 for 20. So it's 2020. 
Um, so 20, we're, we're, the, the objective was to get 20 guys to call 20 guys. Yeah. That, that, that covers most of our membership, yeah. And we have a guy from Jack's Lodge that's on just about every night, um, Jay Laser, who's been a frequent guest before. Um, and um, we've had several district deputies from the area. Um, like I said, I think we've had six different states that have popped on at some point, which is really cool. Uh, we've, learned about, we've learned about different jurisdictions, like why Massachusetts doesn't number their lodges anymore. Um, and then uh, we did have the one kerfuffle when we had uh, uh, one from Massachusetts and one from Virginia on, and we had the discussion about who was the oldest Grand Lodge, which was fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, <just> Pennsylvania. <laughs> well, that was it. You know, most of us were from Pennsylvania. That, so. that Grand Lodge closed and went bankrupt. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, who is uh, Matt? Who is your uh, Who is your coolest guest that you've had on the show? I've I've listened to a couple episodes and 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 just kind of listening to to see who has been on. Who do you think is the coolest? Uh, well, I'm probably obligated since I'm the district deputy. I'm probably obligated to say that it was the Grand Master. Who was no, don't do. Oh, there you go. Oh. All right, that's been Matt Apple. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Well, as I like to say, a Grand Master in Washington State is kind of like a district deputy in Pennsylvania. Oh, <laughs> oh you got in trouble the last time you said that. Uh, <laughs> so make we, uh, it four four states I can't visit. I will myself of that comment. <laughs> no, we had um. I can't remember the brother's name off the top of my head, but there's a brother who works at the um, the baseball hall of fame in Cooperstown, and we had him on. It was actually the first episode that they let me sit in on, and he was he uh, was on along with one of our past grandmasters, and they talked about Masons in baseball, and that was a that was an interesting episode. I'm not a a huge baseball fan, but I still found it pretty interesting what they were talking about. Cy Young, Cy Cobb, a couple others, yeah. Point of order, one of my one of my longest and and most painful Masonic experiences was marching with the Grand Committee Little League, where we put in place for five hours to walk like twelve minutes and then go home. Nice. (laughs) I'm sure that was a much cooler story than it sounded like. (laughs) You froze a little bit in the middle of that. Um, well, why don't we uh, take a quick break and come back? We'll have more with Matt Apple, and uh, we'll talk about a few other things. At the historic Smithton Inn of Ephrata, Pennsylvania, we're pleased to serve the latest creations from Weathered Vineyard Winery, along with spirits from Thistle Finch Distillery in Lancaster, all to be experienced in the tasting room of a beautifully restored 18th century bed and breakfast. Cigars by DNS Cigar are available for your enjoyment in the courtyard. The historic Smithton Inn is convenient to Lancaster County's most interesting attractions. Just minutes from the Ephrata Cloister and the Green Dragon Farmer's Market, and a short drive can get you to charming Lidditz, thriving downtown Lancaster, as well as Hershey, Bird in Hand, and Intercourse, or Valley Forge and Gettysburg. Whether you're looking for a romantic getaway or an active vacation full of sightseeing and attractions, the historic Smithton Inn will be a welcoming oasis from everyday life, one that you'll want to visit again and again. Stop in and visit at 900 West Main Street in Ephrata, Pennsylvania, or check out our website at historicsmithtoninn.com, or simply call us at 717-733-6094. 
just ask for Passmaster Dave. So Matt, is there anything um, other than promoting your show, which we're happy to do, um, <laughs> anything you'd like to talk about in particular, anything that we're missing that we should be talking about? Help us out here. Help us help you. Gosh, I mean, the, the, I, a, I appreciate the publicity. I think I'm certain we have fewer listeners than you do. Uh, so it's a, it's always great to, to spread the word. And the, um, we always, we, it's very meta to talk about podcasts on a podcast, I guess. It's, uh, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's like inside baseball, right? Yep. But, uh, no, I, I was, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm deputy of, of our district here and secretary of our lodge. So it's a, an interesting load of work and that, uh, frequently bleeds onto the, the podcast just because, you know, for obvious reasons, but I always, I've always enjoyed Masonic education. I, I was briefly on the Masonic education committee before they, they booted me, um, here in, in Grand Lodge. And, uh, it's opportunities like this where you get to reach out to people from, from all over the place. Like I said, we use zoom because we've got a guy who lives an hour from me on the podcast and another one who lives like five or seven hours and just the opportunity to, to get together and share our experiences and the education from the different places in and around here is, is really great. And I actually, uh, when this, when they first canceled all Masonic meetings around here, they're canceled till the first of May, at least. Um, I sort of thought, oh, you know, I wonder if there are going to be orders that are just going to go away. You know, if, if, I don't know what the, uh, I, you know, if the order of, of Bob's Lodge decides that, you know, we just don't have the, we can't start up again, it's not worth it, then, and they just die off. But I've actually think that a lot of these experiences on, on Zoom and on being forced, if you will, to, to call our brothers and check on them and see how they're doing, are really actually increasing our opportunities for Masonic education and for tightening those bonds. We, I've called guys in our, in our attempt to call the, that it, of people from our lodge that I've, I've never spoken with before and that said, oh yeah, I remember, I was a member of that lodge and what lodge is that? And oh yeah, you changed your name, didn't you? And so it's, uh, it's been great just to re-make, re form those bonds again and to strengthen them. And uh, I, Honestly, I'm somewhat optimistic at this point that when we come out the other side, we're going to see a little more involvement and a little more education and a little more learning in our lodges. They, I have always said there's, there's three different kinds of lodges. There's educational and there's uh, charity and there's social. And, you know, every lodge has some combination of those things, but every lodge sort of focuses more or less on one of them. And the fact that now I know I can get my Masonic education from another lodge that might be far away, but I can be, I can participate in that and, and be a part of their efforts. I think it's going to be a really valuable thing moving forward. So when you're, when you're talking about Masonic education specifically at the, at the first part of what you were just saying you, before I started rambling. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it was great. Um, what, what Masonic education are you talking about specifically? What, what does that look like in your area? What what's your event, what's your your important part? Well, that, that's an interesting uh, bone of contention. So, in my my uh, version of Masonic education would be what my ideal would be is we would sit around in lodge and you know maybe we would get you know form a circle in the middle of the lodge or something like that and say, hey, you know, I 
am having this problem and I've, I've, you know, how can we work on this and how, what's the, how does the 24 inch gauge apply to this scenario? And Hey, you know, Bill, you had a problem like that, didn't you? What did you, you know, how did you think about this? And how did, how did the lessons of masonry apply to apply to this scenario? And that sort of practical stuff would be great because that's, we talk a lot about that in, in our ritual, at least we do out here. Your ritual, from what I understand, is a little wacky. But uh, we, we talk a lot about... Ours is correct, by the oh, way. Oh, oh, sorry, correct, yes. Uh, we talk a lot about that sort of thing in our ritual, and, and, you know, it never really happens. We never get the applied stuff. I know there's a couple of programs, like a, um, the Applied Masonry uh, program uh, uh, Juan Sepulveda runs, and there's a few other uh, things like that. As a thing, yeah. So... Uh, in my so that would be one the biggest chunk of masonic education if i were ruling the galaxy there we do end up having you know conversations on on history and on uh, that sort of stuff which are valuable and i i love them but i i don't know that that's what i would come to lodge for personally and again my masonry doesn't have to be everybody's masonry but that's my my opinion i think larry has a question no, he's just having a spasm. Oh, he was having a bowel movement. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> sorry, Larry. Not for you. Fortunately, we're in very different rooms, right? <laughs> but no, it's we actually as our district runs a uh, lodge leadership retreat for the the masters and wardens of the lodges in the district every year, and so we one of the pro. pro presentations we do is about masonic education and trying to get it into your lodge because nobody so again my another soapbox of mine nobody goes to meetings you go to meetings that you value when you get some value out of it is why you would go right so what value is there in opening closing reading the minutes although as secretary reading the minutes clearly the highlight of the meeting the uh but you know there's no voting on what color of beige to paint the walls is it doesn't bring value to the members <laughs> The, the value is oh, in yes <laughs> what what did what what should that light bulb be yeah that's it, that doesn't help anything nobody well, you know, values that, that conversation the sad thing is several years ago uh it was determined in pennsylvania that we no longer had to read the minutes and yet i still go to lodges where they read the minutes and i'm like <laughs> you all have complained about this for decades why mm. are you still doing this and it's like well we've always done it yep so it's like stop <laughs> but the concept of applied masonry i think is really something that 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 could take that could catch fire that's something that we really don't talk about and i, I mean i i i probably go overboard on the esoteric side and the philosophical side and the blah 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 side um but applying it to life is really important and we don't we certainly don't do enough of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I joined Masonry um, when my, right after my daughter was born. My wife's father was a Mason out in Pennsylvania, and uh, he, or I joined. Uh, he had passed away already. I joined, and he, I, my daughter had just been born. I didn't have a job, and my wife did, so I was going to be the stay-at-home parent. And I was desperate for the company of other adults. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, that's kind of why I joined is to, to be with other men and to do, do manly things and, and, you know, sit around and talk and have a drink or whatever. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but that's, 
after I heard the rituals and I started thinking about them and I started contemplating some of this stuff, I, that's not what I want out of masonry anymore, which is, again, it's fine for other people. It's, it's not, I always say my, what my lodge does and my masonry doesn't have to be your masonry. It's a good thing that they're different, but right. now I'm looking for yeah, those, those lessons to apply to my life to, to make good men better. And, and that sort of thing that it's, it's a, a different experience. Yeah. That might be one of the things I think we could take from all this is if we have to do something private, we could do that in the tiled lodge, but you could close the lodge and while all the men are still there, then turn on the webcam and then have your program and have some other things that people could watch remotely. Maybe they can't get to lodge, you know, Lambertson, we have a, uh, a a, we have a brother that's in Australia, you know, and he would love to pay attention. But, you know, it's yesterday there or tomorrow, so he can't be there. <laughs> but I think he would, he would love to be able to check in and, and see us. But, you know, it's not secure. Yeah, we had a guy who joined the lodge right before I did who uh, he moved to Wisconsin in 2006, I think. And so he, this is the first time I've seen him in years was when he showed up to a Zoom meeting. And yeah, hey, there you are. His name is Robert Johnson. He's not the podcaster, but he's, <laughs> it was just great to see him on see his face again very cool all right well let's take a quick break we're going to come back and now since you also happen to be a secretary it's appropriate and then we'll have uh, a little discussion on secretaries and special guest seth anthony we're going to let you uh let you drive the short bus for a little bit you are about to take a journey to a place not of sorrow and darkness but of mirth light. On your journey, you will meet with strange, interesting people and discover a magical network of communication that will bring long-forgotten friends directly to your fingertips. Join Masonic Light Podcast as they explore this strange new world live on the interwebs. Your donation will contribute to Meals on Wheels and bring food and comfort to neighbors living in isolation. Go to eventbrite.com, that's E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E dot com, and search for Digital Order of Night's Quarantine, and join the cast as we seek light together in this time of darkness. Be with us for a live recording on Wednesday, April 22nd at 7 p.m. Eastern. Until then, be the light. Whenever you want to come back, Seth, you can drive. Uh, okay. Well, so Pete had talked about his experiences as a new secretary and as a uh, veteran secretary, and as I like to refer to it, a secretary of last resort. I have lots of experience coming into situations where things have not gone well as a secretary, and they sort of just hand them to you and say, here you go, figure it out. And with Tim being a secretary of one of the larger lodges in the state and our guest Matt also uh, being a secretary, I, my title for this sequence was things your secretary wished you knew and understood, but you don't. Because I think there's a lot of those things out there that the average member doesn't really understand the, uh, the perilous life of a secretary and where our uh, authority starts and stops and what we can actually do versus what people think we have magic powers to make happen. 
You don't so, have magic powers? I, secretaries seem like they have magic powers many times, but uh, most of that just ends with being able to operate Microsoft Word better than others. <laughs> That's our magic power. The ability to keep a spreadsheet is our magic power. Nice. Um, yeah, so uh, as I was uh, thinking about this, I think the first thing I wish every secretary, everybody knew for secretaries is pay your damn dues on time. Uh, that's the really simple answer. Uh, the challenge of people waiting or being delinquent in dues is always a, a nightmare for me. Uh, and I'm sure Tim has some of those as well. Uh, council dues were technically due March 31st. I still have 16 delinquent members on council dues. Uh, in my in my file and list, Jack is Jack showing off shot glasses from Ephraim Lodge. Very nice, very nice. Um, yeah, it, it's funny. I've had guys tell me I'll pay dues on the last possible day, like it's some sort of protest that they will wait to pay their dues. Like, who do you think you're like injuring in this process? It's just me who's trying to file an annual return. So with that. So you're getting like eight one hundredths of a percent interest on that money these days. So, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the things that, um, you know, again, being in a, in a large lodge, just keeping up with the data of all of the members. Uh, first of all, historically, we've not done a good job of keeping up with data beyond the petition of a person. Um, when I look even today, in, and we have one of the most robust data systems of anybody in the country in Pennsylvania. We use the Salesforce system. Uh, a lot of businesses use that. Um, and um, it is, it's one of the most robust systems around. And when I go in and look at, do a query on occupations, for example, I have no expectation of accuracy or that anything will be there beyond what the guy was doing when he petitioned the lodge 40 years ago. Um, when I became secretary, I guess three years ago, a little over three years ago, um, we didn't have good um, addresses. We, we were getting a ton of mail back and just nothing was being done to correct that. Uh, we had very few email addresses, bad phone numbers, uh, spouses that had died you know 20 years ago and they had remarried but we still had the old spouse attached to them and um i mean it was it was embarrassing uh, and, and it was no fault of any previous secretary it's just we didn't have the tools then to do anything about it and today we do um the, the lesson learned there though is the secretary doesn't know things Right. Unless you tell the secretary, <laughs> he's not a prognosticator. If you don't tell me your address changed or something's happened in your life, I have no other way of knowing. That's right. So one of the things that we started to do was when we send out the, um, well, I took the job again, kind of as a last, it was a last resort thing. They desperately needed somebody and I agreed to do it, but I had conditions. And one of them was that I was going to drag you know, one of the largest lodges in the state of Pennsylvania kicking and screaming into the technological world. Um, and they had to agree to it. And so everybody was like, sure, do whatever you need to do. And so they have never pushed back on any real recommendation that I've brought for them, forward to them. Um, and one of the things is we're going to quit mailing notices to people that have email addresses. Um, and so um, we gave them a year 
um, where we were collecting updated information and all that kind of stuff. Um, and to our older members, I told them, I said, give it a shot. If you come back to me after the fact and tell me you'd rather get it in the mail, I'll put you back on the list. And we email out of our 800 members, we email about 530. And I've had two who've come back and said, I'd really like to get this in the mail. So that's pretty good. Um, and anybody new coming in does not have an option. They, have, they only get the notice through email, uh, which saves the lodge a ton of money. It saves me as secretary a ton of time. Um, and yeah, other than that, Seth, you're right. I mean, chasing down people for dues. This year, we, I, we started hitting it really hard in September. Um, and we were really out front with the fact that once we got past December 27th, if you had not paid your dues, you were no longer in good Masonic standing even though we wouldn't suspend you until March or April, you weren't in good Masonic standing. Uh, and we started to get support from our appended bodies like Scottish Rite and the Shrine, uh, who started to stop guys from coming into meetings who hadn't paid their lodge dues. And all that took was me sending the secretary of those bodies an email saying, here are the guys from 302 that haven't paid their dues. Um, and we actually had a guy, um, show up to an appended body about to be installed as a, um, an officer. And it's like, unless your dues get paid before you walk through this door, first of all, you can't come through this door because uh, you're not in good standing in the Blue Lodge, which means you're not in good standing in this appended body. And so, so Matt, you, do, you, do, you have, do you have these same kinds of problems in, in Washington? Because I heard Washington was flawless in every possible Masonic way. Well, you know, that, that is true. But uh, no, we have the exact same problems. Yeah, people not paying their dues for whatever reason. We've got one guy in our lodge who I swear, I've been deputy or secretary rather for seven years now, I think. And I, so our, our process, we drop you after you haven't paid your dues for two years. So I'll, I'll drop him after two years. And then I'll get this letter from him that, you know, that I'll drop him in on December 31st. And sometime in February, I'll get a letter saying, Oh, why did you drop me? And then I'll pay those two years worth of dues. And then two years later, I'll drop him again because he hasn't paid his dues for two years. And it's, it's, it's crazy. And I agree. I also really agree with what Tim was saying about communication. You know, don't assume that because you told the master something that I know it, Just, you know, don't assume that that communication happens. And frankly, if you're the, the, one of the eight guys who comes up to the secretary's desk after the gavel falls at the end of the meeting to tell me something, I might not remember it. So you might want to send me an email afterwards to remind me because. That is the singular reason I will never be secretary because I am so ADD that I could never follow like the nine people that just swarm the desk after the meeting and do it. Seth, you don't have that problem, do you? <laughs> No, certainly not at Masonic Week as, as a grand secretary and people come flooding up and all, all of that stuff. So let me ask this important question. What is the ideal length of service time for a secretary? Anybody can answer that. Life. Jack, Jack has his hand up. Life. <laughs> and every secretary just quit on you, Jack. <laughs> so our lodge is 104 years old. We have had eight secretaries. Wow. 
Oof. God bless them. Yeah, let's let that kind of settle in. You know, here's 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 what I'll say. Um, when I took the job, I took the job thinking I wanted to go, what is it, you got to go six years to get a secretary's jewel. Um, I wanted to go that long and then kind of play it by year. But now that I've gotten in and I've cleaned up the mess and I've kind of gotten into a routine, I think when it ceases to be um, enjoyable for me, uh, and I do enjoy interacting with the members and um, – you know, every worshipful master is different. You get some that you just, you're really glad to see December 27th come uh, and others you wish they could have another year. Um, but um, I think somewhere probably six to 10 years ought to be a max, a total max. Uh, the problem with setting a standard like that is you got to be, I think the standard should be, can you keep up with what is required in terms of the record keeping in the way? that it needs to be kept. We have a lot of secretaries in Pennsylvania that have been secretaries for a while and have no intent on improving things. Well, there are some guys that take those quill pens, the crossed quill pens. On uh, see, yeah, they take those seriously. That's they like a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and sorry, boys, those days are gone. <laughs> yeah, we actually had a grandmaster a few years ago who tried to uh, past term limits for grand secretaries of, of five years. And, uh, and that didn't, it didn't pass, but it was an interesting series of conversations around that. Just like, just like you guys were saying. And I would have said then, yeah, probably five years is, is long enough, but gosh, it took me two years to figure out what the heck I was doing. I, exactly. I was mastered twice and I still didn't know what the heck the secretary did. And, um, it was, it was a, a lot of learning that, that went into that. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I the guy who before me who was secretary was secretary for 15 years, and that seems a little long, but uh, I don't know. That's six, or, six to 10 seems good to me. I'll say technology yeah. makes the job a lot easier. Um, the six months or seven months, whatever it was, that I was secretary of Ubar Grotto, uh, <laughs> it's like a seven-month uh, root canal um, <laughs> because nothing was electronic. I mean, we had spreadsheets and things on Google Docs and things like that, but – coming from like a Salesforce platform where I had like the world. And if I, if my world didn't exist the way I wanted it, I could make it. So anytime uh, you have the opportunity to enter the same data six times, yeah. it's, it's, it's gotta be good. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, no chance for error. I wanted no part of that. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to encourage lodges in our district to appoint an assistant secretary. So, because frankly, if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, someone can pick up the pieces eventually, but it's going to take them some time to figure out the, the idiosyncrasies of what I've been doing. So we're trying to get lodges to say, you know, hey, you know, let this guy be assistant secretary for whatever, two years, and then have the secretary step back and have him be the secretary and train a replacement to keep the, the knowledge flowing. So, Larry, you were secretary of a lodge for 10 years, weren't you? Me? Uh, I just want to hear you. I just wanted to hear your voice, Larry. I just really, I just wanted to hear you. I was chaplain of my lodge in South Carolina. Chaplain, there you go. Yes, indeed. Was that because you could read? <laughs> and there goes South Carolina. Another state. So Pete, as a new secretary, somebody who's been only dealing with this craziness for several months now, uh, are you experiencing the same nightmare conditions that we've all described in some form or another? 
Yeah, I mean, I've had the same couple gentlemen do the secretary and the um, and the treasurer job forever. So, you know, we talked about it on a previous episode. People assume that you know everything. Well, they just assumed that I'm going to know when to file the taxes, how to file taxes. Um, you know, all these different forms. Well, at least with Tall Cedars now, you know, I have a login to the um, the national database and I can see the forms, but they're still not online. I still have to print it and mail it. <clears throat> it's it's ridiculous, but um, we're getting there. We're getting there. Yep. I just hope to do my five years before Tall Cedars folds. Oh, no, not going to happen. No. Yeah, we were lucky enough in my lodge that the guy who was secretary before me was the second time I was master towards the end of that my term. He was six, 78, I think. And he said, when I'm 80, I don't want to be secretary anymore. <laughs> and, and so we had a couple of years to do that transition because that's what kills you. Yeah. Like you said, no one to file the taxes and no one to no one when this, you know, report is due to Grand Lodge and whatever is is some of the stuff that just it sneaks up on you. So so for me, the the reason I enjoy being a secretary and I volunteer to be a secretary of so many things, I have found that unlike the worshipful master or the, the presiding officer of a body who's only there for a year, the secretary has a really unique ability to provide a Masonic experience that no other officer has. You're the one who's communicating with the member, providing the notice. You're the one telling them when degree work's gonna happen, communicating with them. Um, as secretary for our AMD council and for our ACON uh, chapel, I'm the one who sends the invitation letters with wax seals on them. And that's their first introduction to what is this body about and how is it like? And I think uniquely a secretary has the ability to set a standard for a body because they're the long-term memory. While the master sets the program and the vision, I think in a lot of ways, secretaries end up setting some, some basic standards. So I'll, I'll let that thought, yeah, I'll let that thought simmer and see how everybody reacts to that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think you're right. Uh, Matt, go ahead. Oh, I, I, I agree. The, it depends a lot on who the master is. Some of the masters, uh, the, so I was part of two, one of two lodges that merged while I was secretary. And the other lodges, tradition, or not tradition isn't the right word, but practice was that they, um, the secretary made the agenda and, and set the agenda for the meetings and that sort of stuff. And I sort of refused to do that because I, you know, that's the, that's the master's job. I'll, I'll write it down, you know, if you want me to, but I'm not going to, you know, run the run the meeting from the the chair next to the chair so um i forgot where i was going with this but it sounded great at the time uh i i had the opposite uh i had the opposite situation i came in as master and i said okay this is how we're going to do it and this is what we're going to do and the secretary said okay i'm done <laughs> he walked away i'd like to i'd like to believe that you know our current master is relying more on me and then the previous guy didn't rely on me at all and i'd like to believe that like seth anthony was saying you can you can provide that support that the lodge needs by supporting the master that way mm -hmm. and i agree that you know sending out a, a letter to somebody who had petitioned the lodge saying that they've been accepted on you know nice stationery and and you know giving having it some 
um, quality to that experience is, is just one of the little things that the secretary can do that, you know, it doesn't it may not mean much in the grand scheme of things, but to that guy, it, it that, that touch with that individual, it's important. One of the, uh, I mentioned earlier, one of the things that I had uh, kind of put as a condition of becoming secretary was that I wasn't going to do stuff that committees were supposed to be doing because forever we've got committees that never do anything. Uh, their name shows up on the notice and nothing ever happens. So don't come to me and tell me you want me to send a card from the lodge to someone in the hospital. We have a visitation committee. That is their role. Now, if that committee needs envelopes or stamps or cards to send, I'm more than happy to provide the chair of that committee with those materials. And that is my job because I'm the one authorized to expend money, if you will, that then comes back and is reported to the lodge and so on. But don't have me doing the job of 10 other committees um, that should be doing work for the lodge. The, the way I've described the role of a secretary, if you think of it this way, the worshipful master is like chairman of the board. Um, the secretary really is, in my opinion, like the CEO of the company. We make sure that the bills get paid. In essence, actually the treasurer is the one that actually, in our structure, that sends the stuff out. But we're the revolving door of stuff into the lodge and out of the lodge. Uh, we make sure that... Uh, we keep things going. Um, I actually believe that the secretaries tend to be more up to date if they're connected uh, with stuff coming from the Grand Lodge, for example, certainly more than the, um, you know, 53 past masters that we have uh, who remember it only as they had it in their year. Uh, but, uh, and, and frankly, I think you develop some, a lot of respect from your members because you, you do that. Um, the other thing is that I'm not afraid to say I don't know the answer to that, but I'll get back with you uh, so that um, people see me as somebody not only that has a lot of knowledge coming from the Grand Lodge and from the district deputy and so on, but also somebody who will not just BS their way out of a question. Okay, we have to stay on for a couple of more minutes because Larry just brought another bottle to the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> it's a two-bottle meeting. So uh, you're a relatively new secretary, is that right? Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I took over in January as the secretary of our Tall Cedars chapter, or Forest. Um, and it's, I don't know. Oh, geez, Larry. Uh, Do that again. I want to get a picture. <laughs> Larry's nursing from a bottle. All right. There we go. Okay, good. Good deal. Good deal. I will, I will get up on my, my repeating self thing and say the, the advice I give to every new secretary is to stay on top of stuff. The, the, the time that I got in trouble was when I said, oh, you know, you know we, we meeting was yesterday, but I'll wait to do that until, you know, before the next meeting. I've got all month. Absolutely. And you know what? It didn't do it, and then crap. So stay on top of stuff. It's the best, as with so many things in life. If you don't let it get away from you, it's a great job. Like doing the dishes. One one of the the most rewarding experiences of having in Freemasonry is being able to uh, serve as Grand Secretary of St. Thomas of Aikon for the United States. But being a Secretary of Secretaries 
has really been a learning experience because there's one thing to be a secretary of a body. There's another thing to being the secretary that all the secretaries report to and trying to manage that annual return process and making sure the master database matches their local database. And managing that process has really been a learning experience and has given me a whole lot more respect and understanding of what grand secretaries are going through and trying to wrangle us as secretaries. So I, I think in order to, to sort of tie this up in a ribbon, because um, a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are not secretaries. And those of you that are, God bless you. We love you and we appreciate you more than you'll ever know. But if you're not a secretary, please understand that that guy is a guy who has another life outside of this. And he's got better things to do than chase you around for your dues payment or send out letters for the committee that's supposed to be being done on your behalf and, and, and all of that stuff that we've talked about, right? He's the, the secretary of the lodge is the pivot point of the whole thing. And, and as Masons, as members of the lodge, it's our responsibility to make his job as easy as we can. Fair? Amen. Yep. And most importantly, if you think you don't want to be in the organization anymore, quit before the end of the year, because if it's January comes, we have to pay your dues to national, your assessment. All right. Hey, on that, we're going to go to break. Uh, Matt, stay with us. We're going to hang out a little bit more and chat, and we'll be right back. Dutchy Duck here with another story from my lodge, the Brogan Pla number 377. Now, we had quite the goings on at our March stated meeting. Yes, you heard me right, our March stated meeting. Now, I know that all Masonic events were to be canceled in March due to the coronavirus. The problem is that given our rural location, most news never makes it on time. In fact, we're usually at least four weeks behind the rest of Pennsylvania Masons. Do you guys know what the word foreshadowing is? We didn't, but we do not. For our March meeting, we had a first degree on the trestle board. We were all excited to be bringing in young Jeremiah Niling to the craft. He's the son and grandson of current members. Now, as many of you know, it is customary for some Masons to razz any new member with stories of what to expect during their initiation. And given our agricultural background, many jokes about goats being involved were told to young Jeremiah. Some of the brethren had Jeremiah so worked up before the degree that he was visibly nervous as he entered the preparing room. As young Jeremiah came on, duly prepared with his guide, we all watched closely. We were all so concentrated on the floor work that none of us noticed that the one outside door in the southeast corner of the lodge was cracked open. As Jeremiah and his guide were making their laps, wouldn't you know who happened to wander into the room? Why, one of old lady Gisama's goats. I think his name was Buppy. I've heard her yell at that goat before. Anyway, in strolled the goat, and before we noticed, he let out a good lot. You should have seen Jeremiah chump. Hell, we all chumped. Visions of all the terrible stories and jokes that we had told Jeremiah came flooding into our heads. One of the brothers on the sideline tried to discreetly grab the goat to take him outside. 
But what many of you city folk don't know is that goats are pretty darn agile and ornery. Old Buppy had no intentions of being led anywhere. Jeremiah's guide brother Orson Fearing whispered in Jeremiah's ear, Stand fast and await further instruction. Jeremiah yelled out, I ain't going anywhere and neither are you. He then yelled out, Pop, what the heck did you get me into? I jumped up from behind the secretary's desk in an attempt to catch old Buppy. You know, I used to be a pro at goat wrangling, but that was many moons ago. Buppy must have been listening outside the lodge for some time because he knew exactly where to go. He quickly bolted west, headbutted the junior master of ceremonies and took his staff. Now Buppy was armed and dangerous. What were we to do? For whatever reason, one of the brothers on the sideline, Sammy Gale Reba, just happened to have some carrots in his pants pocket. He pulled them out and showed them to Buppy. Buppy's eyes lit up and quickly dropped the staff and wandered over to Sammy. Brother Sammy grabbed Buppy and led him out the south gate to return to old lady Gizamo. After all the excitement was over, we completed the degree and Jeremiah was brought to light. From now on, we will be more cognizant of truly tiling all of the lodge before we open up. I guess the old Pennsylvania Dutch adage of learn by doing was proven correct again. Till next time, work hard, stay plumb, and out in the lights when you leave the room. In Masonic news today, in a stunning effort to err on the side of caution, the Grand Lodge of Harrisburg has declared that Masonic activities will be suspended until sometime in 2027. Secretaries in the affected lodges will be expected to publish entertaining and enlightening regular notices. Worshipful masters of those lodges will have a new past master's jewel featuring an oversized asterisk in place of the letter G. That's the Masonic News. So more did what. See, Josh, you got to do half of your last year, so you might still get a real PM after your name. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, well, yeah, I think I've gotten seven or six, six meetings in. Yep. Back in my year, we used to have face-to-face -face meetings. Which <laughs> <laughs> minor league baseball makes you really eligible, so you're good. All right. So, uh, so what we're going to talk about now is a little bit about what we teased you about earlier, but we're still going to be teasing you because we don't really have all the details worked out, but that's just how we are. This is, after all, Masonic Light Podcast. So... In our next episode on Wednesday, the 22nd of April, we will be recording a first ever live broadcast of the degree of the digital nights of the, what, what the hell is it? What is it called now? What the digital, digital order of nights of the quarantine. That's what it is, the digital order of Knights of the Quarantine. So Seth uh, actually kind of teased this out at the last, on the last show. 
and said, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we did this thing? And, I, and, and a couple of, couple of the guys said, well, yeah, it would be cool. So we, we actually wrote a degree and we're going to be conferring that. Uh, well, I say conferring, I say presenting that at the next, on the next podcast. So um, there will be a Facebook event that comes out. We're doing this as a fundraiser for uh, relief efforts. Uh, we're, we're still trying to work out the details of the, um, of the charity that we're going to be supporting in this, but uh, it will be a fundraiser for relief uh, for COVID-19 for the Brothers of the Craft. It's going to be an open degree. It's going to be kind of like the... Um, I don't know, the, the Muscovite degree or what, whatever else degree do we have that we talk about, the yellow dog degree. Um, there's a couple of other side degrees that we do just for fun, just for fundraisers. So uh, watch our podcast website, uh, masoniclight.com, and also our Facebook page for details on the Eventbrite that will allow you to be a charter uh, attendee of the very first ever um, presentation of the digital order of the night's quarantine. There is a, a fantastic jewel to be presented for this. And it will be something that can be worn with pride in your overstuffed pocket of pocket jewels um, that can attach to your uh, Korean war veteran general uh, thing um, lapel extender that Masonic lapel extender that, that, that can carry all that stuff. So anyway, that's it. Please watch for it. Uh, look for it, share it with your friends. You don't have to be a Mason to witness this presentation, but, uh, at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's reaching out and utilizing this new digital technology that we're all being forced to learn, uh, in sharing the light. Uh, and going out and 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 staying connected with our our brothers and our friends and our families. That's what it's all about. So that's it. Who's next? Well, I think I'm sorry. Wow, I am the thread killer. That's what yeah, that's I my screen name is thread killer. <laughs> I just like it's all done. Well, uh, I mean, I think one of the things uh, you know, Seth has kind of got us some uh, cast members for the show for the episode and also he put us in touch with uh john bridegroom who is a, a previous guest and his uh the master's craft master's jewel what's his website the, master's uh, craft. The master's yeah, the, craft. yeah so he's going to be designing the jewel for us and we're, we're whatever we're going to charge for the degree it'll be a donation you'll get the jewel and any money above cost will go directly to the charity so it'll be a fun time and while there's a lot of seriousness going on with this uh, pandemic, uh, there's also some, I don't know, a lot of us are stuck at home and kind of frustrated and silly. So uh, we're so, going to try and focus on that side of it. I, 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 I was thinking about this today, Pete, and I remember after 9-11, I was watching Saturday Night Live about, about three weeks after 9-11, and the, the guest host was Rudy Giuliani. And the cast was all behind him on the stage, and they said, Mr. Mayor, it, is, it, is it okay for us to be funny? And he looked at them and said, 
why start now? So that's kind of what we're doing is, is we're just, we're just trying to lighten it up a little bit. And uh, we understand the seriousness of it all. And we, and we just want to um, let you know that, that we're here. Um, and, and uh, with this 20 for 20 thing that Tim was talking about, um, contact, reach out, reuse this technology, stay connected with your brothers, stay connected with your families, with your neighbors, um, have, have a neighborhood barbecue on zoom. Why not? What the hell? Just get it, you know, just stay connected. That's what we're, that's what this technology really is all about. Pete, I don't know if, uh, Jack shared with you, but, uh, we were talking about whether or not this thing should have a, a certificate for membership. And I said, well, it's not really an organization, so it shouldn't have a certificate, but a receipt suitable for framing would be very appropriate for the order. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's just who we are, right? A, re a receipt suitable for framing. Yes. And that we can certainly do. So, um, so please join us. Uh, look for that on the Facebook page and the website. Share it with your friends, your neighbors, anybody at all. It's not strictly a Masonic thing, so don't, um, don't worry about any Masonic affiliation. Just share it like crazy, and we'd, we'd really appreciate it. So, All right. So uh, I think we're about ready to wrap this show up. Uh, Matt, we want to thank you for being with us tonight, and uh, we'll make sure we include links to uh, the Working Tools podcast as in the show notes for this episode. Um, make sure you give them a listen. Um, we really appreciate you being part of tonight's show. Oh, you know, I, I couldn't be more thrilled to be here and, and see how the sausage is made. Uh, it's it's not a pretty sight. <laughs> it's good well, to know it's not just us. Well, it's well, well, it's good. That's good. Uh, you have anything coming up in the next uh, couple of weeks, Masonically? Oh gosh, just a whole lot of Zoom meetings. I got the Grand Secretary this evening, and tomorrow uh, Masonic Education, and, and all that sort of good stuff. There's a whole lot of Zoom going on, and I really do want to thank you guys for for having me here. It's it's. Seeing Jack do the voice of Walter of uh, the newscaster was was really cool, uh, but no, I, I I really enjoy being here. And just like Jack said, if you if there's anybody out there who's having any kind of difficulty, for the love of Pete, reach out to your brothers. Reach out to the uh, in, in in Washington. There's Washington Masonic Charities. Reach out to them. Reach out to your lodge. There's just no reason not to give them a phone call. And there's I know in our lodge, there's a hundred guys who are willing to help you out. True, true. Seth, how about you? You got anything coming up Masonically other than the uh, degree where uh, we just talked about? Unmute yourself first. Try unmuting yourself. All right, <laughs> unmute. Uh, I'll plug the two national Zoom meetings I've heard about. So the, I mentioned earlier about the 17th degree presented by the Northern Masonic Jurisdiction. So if you're a member of the NMJ, please uh, tune in to see that. Uh, I've seen it. It was presented in the Valley of Reading, and it is very well done. Uh, all joking aside, it is an excellent production. That. I did also see the Allied Masonic Degrees are doing a Zoom meeting in the next couple of weeks. They're having uh, the grandson of Harry Truman speak via a Zoom meeting. So if, you've, uh, if you're in the Allied Masonic Degrees and able to check that out, I think it's going to be very worthwhile. I, it's an opportunity we wouldn't get otherwise, so I'll be tuning into that. Awesome. Northern Masonic Jurisdiction. Why are we here in the Southern Masonic Jurisdiction? Turn up our noses. <laughs> Considering he's north of us. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Washington State's in the Southern Masonic Jurisdiction. I love we it. Are in so, uh, 
Again, one more time, a plug for the nightly uh, toast to absent brethren uh, that occurs. Uh, you can check the show notes. You can check our Facebook page, uh, or you can go to the Eureka West Shore Lodge number 302 public Facebook page where we have an event posted in the announcement section with both the connection and the password that you'll need to get into that. Um, would love to have double the number that we have. So come join when you can. That'd be great. Anybody else have anything Masonically coming up? I'm just going to be drawing lots of... Uh... So I think one of the things we're going to do is for the wit the pre people witnessing the degree, it's going to be like you're watching a PowerPoint and you're going to see the characters uh, be like a film strip. Let's just say it'll be fun. And we're still trying to figure out exactly how the technology needs to work for that, uh, especially given that we could have several. We could have anywhere from two to seven people viewing this. We could. <laughs> it's true. Or, or actually 700. I mean, that's our... Uh... <laughs> and, and Larry would have us on seven different planets. That's right. That's yes. right. All right. Well, good show, everybody. I think we're ready to wrap this thing up. Larry, uh, let's cue the chickens and uh, take us home, Larry. This is special. I thought the rum would turn up. Special thanks to Epper Lodge 665 for making the vacant broadcast studio possible. It's <laughs> still there, cold, dark, and dank. Thanks again. Uh, thanks to Josh Lamberton, producer and director, who continues to make our show very good. Thanks to Jack Harley, our news director, Tim Dedman, our marketing director, and our Masonic Light contributors, Michelle Snyder, Jim Stevens, and Doug Madden from Dutch Yacht. And Seth Anthony. And Seth Anthony for joining us. Yes, one of the students. By the way, just so you know, we are completing our fourth year this month. We be beginning of May. And Seth has been kind of with us ever since. So thanks, Seth. With you on and off. But I do have an announcement to make. Our, our Sonic Light official spokesman, Howie Basin, has asked me to make mention that they have a new director of purchasing for Her name is Lois Bitter. And also, he wanted to let everybody know that our credit counselor, Max Stout, is no longer with us. Oh, anyhow, I did want to mention one more thing here. Pete, Pete has mentioned to me that his dogs provide him with unconditional love. But he also has a cat that reminds him that he doesn't deserve it. <laughs> Balance. This is Larry, thanks for listening. This is Jack. Bye, everybody. This is Tim. This is Pete. Seth, this Josh. Is Josh. And, and, and Matt. Hey, thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Maybe we'll see you at the other call.
Get off the chickens!